Have you ever had sleep problems? Do you also have nightmares that are waking you up at night? Uh, Maybe sometimes you wake up in a panic. Today, I'll explain in detail the best treatments we have in the field currently for insomnia and specific nightmares. Welcome to The Happy Wizard. I'm your host, Dr. Shiva Guide. I'm a board-certified and licensed clinical psychologist, a public speaker, and an educator. In this podcast series, I'll be sharing strategies to help you heal from the past, navigate everyday challenges, and create a much more meaningful life. Hi, I'm Dr. G, and I'm excited to talk to you today about some of the most effective treatments that we have to help you get your sleep back on track, fix insomnia, and get rid of your nightmares. So again, if you have depression, anxiety, and or trauma symptoms, you probably have sleep problems. The bad news is that sleep problems and nightmares can just take on a life of their own once they have developed. But the good news is that all of these issues are actually highly treatable. I will summarize uh, what we've discussed so far in the previous episode um, about sleep and about treatments. So there is a highly recommended treatment for sleep called cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia. Also the, the acronym is CBTI. And if you listened to the part one of the sleep series, you already know that CBTI is a therapy that addresses not only sleep hygiene, that's a term I'm sure everybody is familiar with, but also the types of habit thoughts and feelings we create around sleep, around nighttime, our bed, the bedroom. I want to remind everyone sleep is surprisingly easy to fix once we understand a bit more about it. Today, after summarizing what we've learned about insomnia and some ways to improve sleep, um, we're going to focus on treatment for nightmares. There is a really, really wonderful and very effective psychotherapy. It's an evidence-based treatment, and we've seen amazing results from it. I personally have had amazing results um, with patients I've worked with, and it's called imagery rehearsal therapy, IRT. Um, Also, I've seen it called imaginal rescripting therapy. Um, same acronym. Also, quick side note, Prazosin Minipress is a top-line med for nightmares currently, and that has been very helpful for many, many, many of my patients. Um, okay, so first I'm going to summarize the big take-home points from part one of Treatment for Sleep Problems, uh, which really focused on strategies to help you with insomnia. Um, there are three contributing factors to sleep problems. Well, actually, probably four, but it's more fun to say three Ps. Um, and those are predisposing, precipitating, and perpetuating factors. And there's also the role of conditioned learning in sleep. Predisposing factors, just to review, are the genetic and biological vulnerabilities you've inherited. Precipitating factors are the lifestyle changes, choices, you know, but also the unpredicted events, good or bad, that suddenly affect and change our sleep. And perpetuating factors are all the ways that we try to fix or make up for our exhaustion. And um, that's really where we focus attention on sleep hygiene, because those perpetuating factors are actually the main problem and the highly fixable. Perpetuating factors are basically the things that we do because we're so tired. We take naps, we sleep in when we can, we get in bed too early thinking we're just going to try to get more sleep, but we don't, of course, and we ingest lots of stimulants, uh, maybe alcohol too, to help us fall asleep. And then after all of that, 
this fourth problem can occur, and that's called conditioned learning. I mean, we can literally start associating things, um, often negative things, and by things I mean thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. We can start associating those things with sleep. Fortunately, along with perpetuating factors, we can work on the learned stuff and we can unlearn it and replace it with something healthier. At the end of treatment for sleep, we want you, as a goal, we want you to love your bedroom. Only sleep in your bed, sleep well, and feel well-rested in the morning. The health of our brain and all of our other organs really depend on this. And research has shown over and over again that being sleep-deprived over time actually leads to all kinds of negative health outcomes And that affects all of your organs and all physiological processes. So sleep deprivation chronically can literally take years off your life because it can exacerbate, that means worsen, your metabolic autoimmune disorders. It puts strain on your cardiovascular system, impacts your immune system and digestive system and everything else in a very negative way. You get the point. Okay, so sleep matters. Um, Also, a side note I have to mention about pain. Yes, if you have physical chronic pain, it does negatively impact sleep, and that's not your fault. Um, It is very unfortunate, too, because this is a cycle. This becomes a cycle. Now, once you're not sleeping well because you're in so much pain, it actually contributes to worse pain and increased pain sensitivity in general. Um, We also know from work in the field of pain management that the more we focus mentally on our pain, the more, as in higher levels of pain, we experience. Um, So that's a really interesting thing about pain. Okay, but back to sleep habits. So here are some quick fixes. If you want to know more about it, please listen to the, the previous episode. Quick fixes for sleep include waking up at the same time, seven days a week in the morning. Same time, same. We anchor by the morning. No napping, only sleep in bed. Bed is only for sleep and sex, nothing else. Um, And you can have sex in other places too, but the bed is only for sleep and sex. Um, And also don't sleep anywhere else. Like don't sleep on the couch, on the floor, or, or anywhere else in the guest room. You learned about stimulus control and about sleep restriction. So maybe you've already tried to make some of these adjustments to your own circadian rhythm just in the past week. Um, Hopefully, I also brought your attention uh, to the little creature comfort things, like thinking about the feel of your bedroom, you know, in the sense of comfort, temperature, lighting, noise, et cetera, et cetera. We want your bedroom to be the safe, relaxing dream space of your home, because you're going to spend about a third of your life there, um, or a third of your day there. Be mindful about what you eat and drink and other things you might ingest that are stimulants or depressants or whatnot. And we'll do a separate episode once again on alcohol and substance use. Uh, But I like to just put in a plug here because alcohol really does affect our sleep and nightmares. And it's it's just so important. Um, And alcohol use and or abuse is pretty pervasive. Uh, regardless of whether people have a history of trauma or not. It's just a part of society. Alcohol disrupts our sleep, period. It causes something we call sleep fragmentation. It delays sleep onset, and it actually changes our sleep architecture. 
So for example, by delaying or increasing REM sleep in the later stages of, of sleep, uh, and REM is where we do 90% of our dreaming, and that's also where our nightmares mostly occur, then when you drink, alcohol is setting us up to have more opportunities and more time during the night that we might have nightmares. Um, and then, of course, alcohol is dehydrating. At the very least, you'll get up, you have to pee, and then you have to hydrate. By the way, about dreaming, we all dream. This is an interesting um, misconception people have. Uh, I hear it all the time. Doc, I don't dream. Everybody dreams. We all dream. And most of our dreaming, 90% of it or so, occurs during the rapid eye movement or REM cycle, uh, like I said just a second ago. But we tend not to remember our dreams unless we wake up during the dream, so during REM, or immediately after having the dream. So if you don't think you dream, you do. You dream. If you don't remember your dreams, it's probably because you're sleeping pretty well um, because you're not waking up during the dream or during that cycle to remember them. So um, that's maybe one assumption we can make. The general idea that we conveyed in the last episode is don't do anything in excess or too intensely close to bedtime, whether it's eating, exercising, worrying, or using electronics. Um, speaking of electronics, try to avoid watching or playing anything gory, violent, or emotionally upsetting or activating like Call of Duty, Grand Theft Auto, you know, dramas like NCIS, Law and Order, or movies like Black Hawk Down, Squid Game, Hunger Games. Generally, those can impact our nightmares, um, or the likelihood of having them. Also before bedtime is not a great time to get into it with your spouse about your in-laws or to work on taxes. Try not to do that. There are some things that kind of need to be before you can sleep at night. First, you've got to feel safe. Uh, and literally, generally, you have to be safe. So if you live in a dangerous neighborhood or you have roommates bringing in strangers at all hours of the night, that's not a safe space. So see if you can rectify this problem, because for sure, we can't sleep if we are worried about getting attacked by the lion. And we talked about how we can change the way we think about sleep and think about our bed and bedtime using this cognitive behavioral strategy. Basically, what we're talking about here is identifying the unhelpful or unreasonable thoughts and then replacing those thoughts with thoughts that make more sense. Um, the episode that follows on this, on cog the cognitive approach to treating trauma, goes into the weeds of this strategy, and specifically in the context of trauma, but essentially the strategy is the same for all cognitive behavioral therapies. And um, interestingly, we use a similar strategy to change nightmares and make those go away. This is important because another prerequisite for good sleep uh, or a good night's sleep is that we have to be able to let go. Um, because anything could happen and we have to feel comfortable enough to let ourselves go under because especially in our stage three sleep or our deep sleep, uh, we might be a harder to awaken. Okay. So let's talk about imaginal rescripting therapy or imagery rehearsal therapy. I don't know, uh, about how you will feel about this once you learn about it. But when I first learned about this treatment, I was pretty impressed and I kind of floored actually. I was like, what? You mean we can make something go away that we have no control over and we're not even like awake for? 
And now I can honestly tell you the answer is yes, we can. And I've done this treatment over and over again with patients. It's not always a hundred percent, but things can usually change quite a bit over time. And not a whole lot of time either. Um, I've worked with patients who actually stopped having their nightmares completely and they never come back. Like I'll hear, you know, months later or years later that they stopped having nightmares altogether. You know, at the very least, this is pretty cool stuff. So at least you'll know the, that it's out there if you need it and you'll know what to ask your doctor about. Um, IRT has been used in many different patient groups you know, that includes patients with combat PTSD, patients with sexual assault histories, or patients who are victims of other kinds of traumas or crimes. And it's been shown in all of these populations to be very, very effective. Um, Just as a side note, the whole point of both CBTI and IRT is that eventually we get your sleep back to normal and you don't need to stay on meds, those, especially those sleep meds, right? Most of those are not forever meds. We don't want you to be on them forever. And hopefully you can get off of those. You might still need to stay on your antidepressant or your anxiolytic. Those are your anti-anxiety meds a bit longer. But the sleep meds, we hope you can take off the table, off your plate, and eventually get your circadian rhythm back to normal. So IRT is based in the same theory that helps us understand chronic mood issues and sleep problems, condition learning being at the core of the problem, right? Animals are really smart and we all learn very quickly. We learn through dangerous situations, but also through non-dangerous situations. Um, The problem is that what we learn is not always helpful or healthy to us in the long run. So the problem with nightmares is that obviously they can be very disruptive to sleep. Sometimes uh, they wake us up and we can call this sleep fragmentation. And if you remember them, they can also be really upsetting. I mean, so much so that it's not uncommon to wake up in a panic. That means wake up with panic symptoms, you know, heart pounding, racing, sweating, Um, And remember from the previous episode, panic is just your physiological symptom. It's the sympathetic branch of the autonomic side of the house ramping up. It's basically you having a fight, flight, freeze response, but there's no lion. You're just dreaming about the lion. Obviously, the problem is if you wake up in this state, then it's really going to be hard to fall back asleep because you're in this super hyper aroused state physiologically. And then over time, when you start having repeated nightmares, you might actually just stop wanting to go to sleep because of the fear of having more nightmares. And then when you, you know, wake up, you're irritable and sleep deprived and impacts your day, usually not in a good way. And now you're just really in this negative loop, this negative cycle. Um, Sleep deprivation also makes it very difficult to manage symptoms of depression and anxiety. We just don't have as much bandwidth. And that might be also something that we're trying to work on improving during the day when we're awake. Sleep's just really important. Sleep helps us with memory and also information consolidation. Basically, that means that this is the time when we're organizing and putting shit away while we're sleeping. And it's really important for our ability to be able to think straight and function and process difficult things during the day. So by making your nightmares go away, we can also improve sleep quality, which makes everything better. Okay, so what do we do in IRT? Basically, 
The first thing we'll do is we'll choose a nightmare. And in my experience, when people have a history of trauma, they tend to have the same nightmare or the same theme for their nightmare repeatedly. And if you have uh, if you're one of those folks that has a similar nightmare more than two times a week, then we can target that for change with this treatment. Okay. Now, side note, obviously, if you can't remember your nightmares and you're just hearing like collateral information from your spouse, then we can't really work on your nightmare. And if you're having all sorts of bad dreams, but not necessarily about anything specific, then my guess is you just have generally high anxiety and you're taking that to bed. So for IRT, we are targeting dreams that you repeatedly have. And so we, let's say we've chosen your target nightmare, then basically we rewrite it. And what we call this is rescripting. And there's a very specific way we want to rewrite it. Um, basically, we'll write out all the hot spots. The hot spots are these moments in the dream that are most upsetting. Um, or physiologically arousing, uh, maybe it's the point where you get raped or killed or attacked or kidnapped, or you're being chased or whatever. And so what we'll do is, um, we'll, we'll always keep the rewrite the same in the beginning. So the rewrite starts the same, assuming the beginning is not your actual hotspot, but then we take out all the hotspots and we change the ending. And also in order to be able to rewrite the nightmare, it helps to understand what detailed imagery is. So when I administer this treatment with my own patients, I have them write a pleasant imagery first. So, you know, imagine, for example, your happy place in the world, and then uh, write a little story about that, a detailed brief story about this place that includes sights, sounds, smells, basically everything down to the smallest detail. This story has to be brought to life um, to the extent that if you closed your eyes, you'd feel like you were there in person. Or if you were telling this story to someone else and they're closing their eyes, they feel like they took a little trip to your happy place. So when we rescript in IRT, we, we talk about the three V's that help people remember those important elements that need to be included in this rewritten dream. And those, those V's to write a story is that the story is well visualized, it's vivid, and it's vivacious. And so that's just a, maybe a quick reminder for how detailed this has to be. So when we re-script a nightmare, we always want to write out the hotspot before it starts, right? Write out as in exclude it. We would start, for example, before the rapist got into your room or the explosion went off, right? We'd start changing the story before that even happens, before they're even at the house or you're even at the, the zone. The cool thing about rewrites is that you can have any superpowers that you want. You can be whoever you want in the dream. Although we do want the dream to be convincing and believable to you, you can write it however you want. And I've, over the years, heard some really creative rewrites that were pretty wonderful and, and brilliant and uh, really helped people get rid of their nightmares forever. Sometimes um, doing a rewrite can be really challenging when your nightmare is an exact or an almost exact dream of the actual event, the trauma that occurred. And when I have patients rewrite, sometimes they ask me or they, they get a little upset and say, you know, you're asking me to lie to myself. You're asking me to negate my feelings and invalidate the fact that I had this actual experience. 
But this is when I have to remind people, you're not having the nightmare because of the trauma anymore. We can make a case in the month or two after a trauma that there's a direct correlation. But unfortunately, once a lot of time passes and the further out you get from your trauma, the less and less both PTSD or the symptoms, as well as your nightmares, have anything to do with the original event. And this is always surprising to people when I, when I explain this to them. Nightmares, much like PTSD, they just take on a life of their own and simply become a habit. And because you started having them, you're now just really good at having them. You've practiced nightmares over and over again. So now when you get to your bed or your, your bedroom, your brain immediately turns on and says, oh, time to have that nightmare again, right? Because through that conditioned learning response, you now associate the nightmare with bed. It has nothing to do with the actual event. So, you know, not surprisingly, we can treat trauma disorders and people can completely recover and their daytime symptoms go away and they no longer, for example, meet criteria for PTSD, but they can still keep having nightmares. Interesting, right? People are always very curious about this, but now you know why, because nightmares become their own thing and they have to actually be treated specifically by themselves. Don't assume that if you're in treatment for PTSD or trauma symptoms, that your nightmares will just automatically go away. If you have these sort of repeated nightmares, don't assume they'll just go away because now you're in uh, evidence-based treatment for PTSD. So once you rewrite or rescript your nightmare, you have to practice it. So you can do this um, for different nightmares if you have a bunch of different nightmares that repeat, but try to only work on one nightmare at a time. Uh, you'll want to read that story, that new story to yourself, really putting yourself there, imagining yourself there. So really focusing at least two times a day for 10 minutes each time. I always recommend to my patients, read it as many times as you can, maybe, maybe a little bit more than two times. Another side note about writing this new, less disturbing dream, and this is really important, um, try not to write in a different kind of violence. So I've had folks rewrite, so instead of them getting raped, they kill the perpetrator. And I get it, I get it. You might actually feel like you want to kill the perpetrator, or you might have these thoughts, uh, but... Remember, we're trying to improve the quality of your sleep. So at the end of the day or night, violence is violence, um, regardless of the direction it's being perpetrated. So let's try to keep your new dream happy or at least neutral, right? It really needs to be different. The idea is that this new story that we're practicing over and over again, so it's new learning, will actually find its way into our dreams. And it actually does. Remember, regardless of the issue, we'll take stuff to bed. Uh, so it won't help your sleep if you're highly anxious or depressed all day long. Uh, what that means is you've got to work on both things, your mood and anxiety disorder, and also your sleep and your nightmares. Because another thing that has to just be in order to get sleep is that we have to have a sense of peace about our day. And if we're ruminating or thinking obsessively all day, then for sure, we might have some racing thoughts all the way up to bedtime. And those can really uh, be hard to shut off, if not feel impossible to people. So we, we want to work on attention refocusing, you know, shifting that spotlight to other things. That's why having a whole healthy sleep routine 
that you implement every night, maybe during the hour before bed, let's say, can be very, very helpful. All right, so we're going to stop here. Now you know all the basics you need to know about sleep, about insomnia, about nightmares, and some great treatments that we have to fix those problems. Um, You also have some strategies to start improving your sleep right now, even before you get to a doctor's office. Here's to better sleep and better health. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you've learned at least one new thing that you can practice this week. Please feel free to share feedback and submit ideas for future topics at happywizardpodcast at gmail.com. Take care, stay safe and healthy until we meet again.